0: Today's show is brought to you in part by DoorDash. Long day at work stuck at the office. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 bucks or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N.
1: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 570 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday, September 25th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. we got team-focused shows for... All the NBA teams, all the NFL teams, a whole bunch of college programs, a whole bunch of baseball teams, and starting on September 30th, a whole bunch of hockey teams. I am overseeing our expansion into the locked-on NHL waters, and it's going to be awesome. we got a lot of hosts lined up already, and we'll continue adding more to the roster as the season begins and we get some shows filled out. It's going to be great. You can look it up right now on your favorite podcast platform to see if your favorite team is already available. It may be. It may not be. But either way, it's going to be great starting September 30th. All of the NHL shows will eventually be filled out And you'll get daily content on all of your NHL teams in the way only the Lockdown Podcast Network can provide, so get ready for that. Okay, on today's show... It's part number two of my conversation with Dan Grant. I invited him on to grill me about my ranking every Raptor update that posted at RaptorsHQ.com last week, and it was fun. This is the second part, obviously. In the first part, we talked about sort of the end of Benchers, guys in the 200s, a lot of Michael Curry talk for some reason, and then we got into OG Ananobi, CJ Miles, some guys who fell based on their performances last season with the Raptors. This time, we look ahead to the top 35 or so. A lot of movement in there. Patrick Patterson comes up quite a bit. Talk about Danny Green, Norm Powell, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Fleet, uh, and of course, Pascal Siakam, and a certain Kawhi Leonard, who slots in at number two in the list, and we talked all about that. So, hope you enjoy it. It's a good conversation with myself and Dan. Dan has a soothing and whimsical voice, and he's great. So, we'll get to part two of our chat right now. On Thursday, we will have a podcast with myself and Vivek Jacob. He's going to join me. We're going to answer another one of the pressing preseason questions for the Raptors what that question is just yet I am not sure but we will find something cool to talk about for sure and then on Friday we'll wrap up the week as we get back to daily here on the network it's great I'm so excited it's ready it's time for basketball and I uh, could not be more pumped I think the Raptors are in Japan in a couple weeks time and they're getting ready media days on Saturday I unfortunately will not be able to attend because I worked on a lot of Saturdays this time of year Sadly, and so I won't be there at Media Day for the first time in a few years, but we will have all the coverage for you at RaptorsHQ.com, and obviously, here on the podcast, we'll break all the Media Day stuff down on Monday, hopefully, with somebody who was in attendance on Saturday, and again, why is Media Day on a Saturday? I have no idea, it's very annoying, but it is what it is, and that's the lot we're given in life anyway. Onto the podcast, myself and Dan Grant breaking down the back part of my ranking, or I guess the front part, the top part, the top thirty-five or so of my ranking. Every Raptor list. Once again, you can read that at RaptorsHQ.com. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Enjoy the conversation with myself and Dan, and we will talk to you on Thursday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. But one last thing before we get to that, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that is Blinkist, which is really one of the ultimate life hacks. It's hard to find time to sit down and read and learn more, and when you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is one of a kind. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways that need to know information from thousands of non-fiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute or on your lunch break or while you exercise. Eight million people are using Blinkist. Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books as well. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestsellers sellers list, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you were always meaning to read but never had time to. One of the things I like about Blinkist is that it helps to evaluate what you're actually going to read in full length. If you get those 15-minute doses of the main points of a book, it can actually help you whittle down that list of all the books you want to read and help you make a decision, which is the hardest part of reading for me. I use Blinkist while I'm driving in the car, while I'm traveling, while making breakfast or lunch or dinner, or if I did work out, I'd do it while I was working out as well. Among the titles that are available, if you want to help to boost your productivity, you can listen to, say, Getting Things Done by David Allen, or if you're a sports person, The Sports Gene by David Epstein is on there as well. Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want are all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience as well. Go to Blinkist.com slash LockedOn, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash LockedOn to start your seven-day trial, and you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash LockedOn. Entirely disagree. Although I did almost buy a Lindsey Hunter Raptors jersey at a vintage market last year.
1: <laughs> got <a> great name.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you got?
1: So okay, so you mentioned Patrick Patterson. Oh yeah. Sorry,
0: I don't know why I said what do you got. I got what is it to be had. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> yeah. let's let's take it to sort of where things get a little juicy in terms of the shuffling and the insertion of uh, guys who either renew this year or who had big years. Um, And that kind of begins with Patrick Patterson at 34. He was number 19 in last year's rankings. But my reasoning for dropping him 15 spots back is just all of the role players on last year's team were so far and beyond what Patrick Patterson ever was. And that's really not through any fault of his own. He's Patrick Patterson. He's not really supposed to be the linchpin of a championship team as a role player. But he just, to me, getting stuck in behind like Danny Green and Marc Gasol and, like, the improving Fred Van Vliet and all of this stuff, it just felt like there really wasn't a place for Patterson ahead of any of those guys. And I feel bad because he didn't do anything to, to lose his own standing this season, but just I think in comparison, it just it feels a little weird to have him there so high considering what he was and sort of how the title sort of painted all of the reasons – why Patterson was always destined to, like, why the Raptors were always destined to fail with Patterson being as important as he was. You know what I mean? Like, he just, and I don't know, maybe it's too unfair to him, but I kind of think he deserves to be in the 30s now as opposed to in the top 20.
1: Fair enough. I would say he doesn't belong in the top 20. I'd agree with that. I think you dropped him maybe just a a little far because if you look at him, even just against his contemporaries, like guys like Corey Joseph and Lou Williams, Mm -hmm. I think he was more important to those teams than those guys. Okay. Um, I, yeah, and like I like both those players. I think they're you know yeah, they were good Raptors and they did good things when they were here. But I think Patterson. I appreciate everything you're saying, and I agree that you know seeing how how clutch the role players were this year and how they came through, kind of when you think back to him, spotlights his kind of deficiencies. But maybe that wasn't really like you said. It wasn't his fault. Like he. Was put in a spot where he was expected to be a high volume corner three point shooter, which was never really his game. It was just kind of a nice part of his game. Um, maybe he was made to be, you know, the third best player and the fourth best player on a team where he really should have been, you know, in the eight to nine range, and mm-hmm. that would have been a better fit for him. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really like Patrick Patterson. I think he was a really great Raptor. Obviously, the whole Twitter thing with him, you know, doing the sipping the tea when things went badly and all that kind of stuff is. If we're, we're considering off-court off court novelty, then maybe, you know, we do drop him back. Um, but I think he's, he's a really solid basketball player. It's really sad to kind of see the what's happened to his career. I guess it's mostly health-based. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think you can move him up a couple spots, but I also don't really have a problem with where he is.
0: Actually, I just kind of think, looking at this now, if I were to swap Patterson at 34 with Lou Williams at 29, it might be perfect. Just swap yeah, those has, two spots. Because I... Sure. I hated the Lou Will, Lou Will season so much. Like Me too. his numbers are really good from that year, but yep. God, Very that season excited. sucked ass.
1: Just watching him at the end of every game wave off the play call and uh-huh. um, do the you know dribble for twenty seconds and then jack up a three because he would hit it once every ten times was.
0: The worst. <laughs> it was so like what? one of the first blogs I ever wrote for like my old defunct blog. I like just like threw down dumb Raptors opinions on. Was like yeah, this is bad. What Lou Williams is doing, he should stop that. Uh, and yeah. I got into some numbers, and it was awful. Um, yeah, now that I think about it, Patterson at twenty nine in between Corey Joseph and Terrence Ross feels a little more right because those guys are all kind of part of that era. Um, although Joseph did hit a clutch three in a in a game against the Bucks in, in Game Six, and Patrick Patterson uh, missed a lot of clutch threes in many important sure. games. So maybe Lou will back to thirty four. Slot Patterson into 30, and then Joseph down to 29, something like that. I think maybe that makes a little bit more sense. I think I can, no, looking I at this now, I'm mad that Lou Will stayed so high and kind of fell through the cracks <laughs> in my re-rank. Because, fuck, god that guy. <laughs> That's why we do this. <laughs> yeah. Also, after his comments about Toronto, maybe I should have just, like, booted him into the sun, but
1: uh, yeah, I did not think I mean, about Patterson that. Patterson made some comments as well. Not about the city, but... Yeah.
0: He loves the city. He got married yeah, in the yeah. city. Congrats yeah. to him. Uh yeah alright let's uh, continue on so I got Danny Green at 31 I've mm-hmm. got Norma at 25, 26 Marcus Gasol at 25 that's, that's sort of in good. the 20s are you okay with those rankings
1: yeah I can see why some people wouldn't be just because Powell has been on the team so much longer but yeah. the fact you know you can't overstate how important Marc Gasol was to the team and there were so many people on you know, social media that were hashing out back and forth whether the balance units trade made sense and you know, uh, you know, that Gasol wasn't doing what he needed to and he wasn't scoring and we missed of scoring and blah, 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 blah. But the fact, just the way Gasol played through the playoffs and, you know, the way he handled the lead and the way that he drank all that alcohol at the parade mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> everything that he brought to the table was just picture perfect. And it, it, I think having him at 25 is, you know, kind of a nice... Uh, Harbinger, what we're going to see, Harbinger, excuse me, Harbinger, Harbinger, Harbinger. See, I, you know, get rid of those words that like you never actually hear anyone say them out loud, but you've read them a hundred times and then you say them and you say them wrong. Oh yeah. I, don't, that's, I used to read when I was a kid all the time and I wouldn't talk to that many people. So <laughs> I, uh, well, that's not true. I talked, but it wasn't about the big words. Anyway, there's words like that where I still say them wrong and the, the way I used to say them in my head and Harbinger is one of them. <laughs> uh anyway uh marcus all i yeah i just i think it's perfect i think it's perfect where it is i think that those two guys were perfect role players for this Raptors team and like, they both contributed different things i don't think you could argue that you know powell much as i love him uh contributed more than gasol to the championship uh and I don't know. I, I think it's right. I think where they are is good. It's, it's weird when you look at the numbers, specifically, but mm. uh, I think if you add the playoff numbers and if you kind of you know take everything into account, I think it's right where, it, where they are.
0: I will say this. I think there's a chance that next year Norm jumps ahead of Gasol because I think there's going to be yeah. opportunity there. Um, yep. And he does have a lot of sweat equity put into the team. He hasn't had crazy production, but also that hasn't entirely been his fault. There's been a lot of sort of up and down with the, in terms of his role. And honestly, that's kind of the thing that's holding him back because there's just been so little consistency with him. And he doesn't really even seem to know what he's doing most of the time in terms of his role. And I think that kind of bleeds into his performance. And I think this year there should be a little bit more sort of reliability with what he's going to be. I assume he's going to be the starting two guard. I assume he'll close some games. I assume he won't close others when Fred VanVleet comes in. Um, to play in those two point guards lineups against the lineup that, against matchups that they can do that with size-wise. Um, but I think Norm, like, in theory, he should be a little bit lower even, if you're just yeah. going on his raw production and stuff, just because it's been so up and down. But he saved the team in the playoffs so many times that he just has to be higher. And that's why I put him higher than Danny Green. Danny. It's like, Danny yeah. was everyone's favorite. Everyone loved Danny. He loved Toronto. That was great. But he was... Pretty bad for most of the playoffs. He went like almost three full rounds without doing anything, and that I think sort of hurt his standing a little bit. While Norm didn't really have the opportunity to be bad all that often, he wasn't in the rotation all the time. And part of that's because of him. Part of that, part of that's because they just had a really deep team where it wasn't necessary to have nine guys all the time. And so I, uh, yeah, I think Norm has a good chance of jumping up next season. Is the long-winded way of saying what I was just saying. <laughs>
1: trivia where Hmm. do you think norman powell ranks in all-time raptors games played
0: oh good question uh i should know this he's at 255 games played i will say he is 14th
1: good guess he's 16th wow but i I think if you say that to a lot of people they'd be surprised yeah if he if he plays a full season next year he'll be 12th
0: that's crazy isn't joey graham like pretty high
1: He's going to pass Joey this year. Joey's oh, wow. 20 games ahead of him. Wow! So. <laughs> yeah. pa- Patrick Patterson is the next guy that he will
0: pass. So. It, it's a nice uh, re- um, re- reflection so of how uh, addled my brain is that I kind of know who's in the teens of all-time Raptors gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you do. You spend a
1: lot of time
0: on the internet. Oh, God. So, yeah. so, so much time on the internet. Uh, yeah. The next guys from this year, after Gasol 25, I got Fred VanVleet at 16 yeah. and Serge Ibaka at 15. Uh, sorry, at 14. I got TJ Ford 15, Serge Ibaka 14, um, and that in between Gasol and Fred VanVleet, you got Camby, Tracy Murray, Keon Clark, Alvin Williams, Charles Oakley, Mo Pete, Anthony Parker, and Doug Christie. Um, I kind of, with my ranking, the Peterson-Parker-Christie trio is just kind of the same to me. I know everyone loves Mo Pete, and that was one of the biggest sources of contention last year, and I actually almost pumped him ahead of Anthony Parker this year, but I'm going to stick to my guns. I think Parker was a better player just for a shorter amount of time, and that's fine. Um, But for me, the Van Vliet and Ibaka were really tough because not like crazy long tenures with the team, and there's been some ups and downs with both of them, in particular Serge, who had a couple really sort of dark parts, especially in that playoffs against the Wizards and then the Cavs. In 2018, where he was pretty much unplayable, unplayable, and it seemed like maybe his career was nearly over. Um, but what he did last year with the off-court stuff, with, with "How Hungry Are You" and the Kawhi, you know, like courtship and all that stuff, and just what he did in the playoffs—he had some iconic Raptors games and an and iconic Raptors shots—and he was just, he was such a important and meaningful piece of the run. And as was Fred, obviously hitting all those fucking threes like a monster. The way I ranked them, I kind of likened them to Alvin Williams and Charles Oakley a little bit, like Fred as New Age Alvin, Serge as new age, new age Oakley. And I, and I just had to put them ahead because I just felt like the playoff success and winning the title warranted being bumped ahead of those two franchise legends.
1: Yeah. I would say, so first things first, I would drop TJ Ford about 10 spots. Okay. I, I like DJ Ford. He was in an era where I really loved the Raptors, and I got to go to a lot of games because the Raptors kind of sucked, and then they got good, and it was fun. Uh, I would have him kind of back around maybe twenty-four, where Camby is, like just kind of slot him back and push everyone back a bit, okay, um, and move everyone else up a little. I think he's definitely behind that. You know, Keon Clark, Evan Williams, Charles Oakley, Mo Pete, Anthony Parker, Doug Christie. I think that's a nice group. I think those guys all belong together. That's nice. I, I was higher on Mo Pete last year, but. I'm fine with you know, moving up, especially the guys who won the title this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd slide them back. I would have Serge. I like Serge. I think having him ahead of Van Vliet makes sense. Um, again, I think that could switch, obviously, if Van Vliet keeps totally. you know, producing. Uh, but I think where they are, having them next to each other, I think, would make sense. And I actually would have them both ahead of T-Mac and Marshall. Oh. Uh, yeah, because they mean so much more to the franchise. Like. I, I, you know, T Mac barely played his first two seasons. He had one really good season as a Raptor, uh, and he was gone when he was twenty years old. Like yeah. he barely played here. Um, I know he's got the name recognition, and it's you know kind of important that he started here. But I think he's maybe a little high. And having those guys that really, really were the you know essential guys to the championship team ahead of him, I think makes sense. Uh, I really like Daniel Marshall. I think he's a great player. I think he has had one of the best seasons in Raptors history. He had the 12 3 point games. So he's got those, you know, novelty moments, and he's a really good guy. But you know, if you're, if you're talking to someone in twenty years about you know all time Raptors, I don't think anyone's going to really remember Donnell Marshall on a mm. you know a crappy, yeah, you know, maybe you know non playoff Raptors team versus guys who were the key dudes on the championship team. I think that's just one of the things that when you win a title, that immortality kind of pushes you ahead. Um, I wouldn't have them ahead of Amir Johnson just because of you know his longevity with the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I don't think they're quite there yet, but I definitely, that's kind of, I would move both Van Vliet and Ibaka up a couple spots.
0: I don't entirely disagree in that On I'm looking at it. I kind of, I guess for me in my brain, I had sort of like this invisible wall at Tracy McGrady and like no one could possibly go ahead of him unless you're, you know, Siakam or, like spoiler, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, now that I think about it, like, Ibaka does have more importance to the franchise. They both do, really. I mean, I mean like, Fred hasn't had a crazy long career, hasn't had a super long run being part of the team, really just two years. Ibaka a little bit longer, and, you know, there was a really down season in there for Ibaka, but he also had that really good end to the season after they traded for him, and, like, him and P.J. Yeah. Tucker formed that insanely good front court where they— you know, won a bunch of games with crazy defense while Kyle was out. And Abaka was huge in that. He had a couple big offensive games in there, too. And, yeah, I, I think you might be right. I think uh-huh. you've talked me into Good thing they're both playing games for the team this year because now I can just easily slot them in ahead of Don Yell very easily. And, hey, if Abaka has himself, like, a crazy year, I wouldn't be shocked if he jumps Amir Johnson. Like, oh,
1: I don't know. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, I agree. If he has a nice year. But, you know, Amir, I don't know, it's a different thing. It's, it is, it's a, it's yeah, that's like,
0: question. that's you sacred know, ground. What's <laughs> that, sir? That's pretty sacred ground, for sure. Oh,
1: yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I was just the ultimate, ultimate, you know, hustle guy.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, I, uh, I, I yeah. don't disagree with you. I think, yeah, Fred and Surge, a little higher. That's definitely in store for next year anyway. I think Fred has a chance to jump past Surge. I also think Fred has a chance, sneaky chance to maybe drop, because I I he was pretty bad last year before the middle of the conference finals. Everything else was not necessarily peak Fred. And if he repeats that performance, then I think there could be even a slight drop for him. Um, but, yeah.
1: Yeah, you hope there's we'll not see. much of a championship hangover.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if I, if I think there's a championship hangover as much as I think there is issues with him you know, creating separation as a person who's 5'10". But... Um, Well,
1: I mean, part of the championship hangover might be that he's not going to catch anyone by surprise, you
0: know. Yeah, also that. Also, you know, as Mark Casal said, he might walking around with those watermelons might catch up to him at some (laughs) point. (laughs) Um, So next is Pascal Siakam at ten ahead of Amir Johnson. Uh, Jumps from thirty-eight, the highest riser in the list, up twenty-eight spots. What are your thoughts on Pascal Siakam, top ten Raptor of all time?
1: He's on the title team, man. Yeah, he belongs there. You know, if they didn't win the title, maybe you drop him. I don't know, a few spots anyway. But the fact that he was such a significant contributor that uh, you know, one of the things I wrote for Raptors HQ last year was the Pascal Siakam player preview. Mm-hmm. And going back and looking at it, it was I called him the X factor for the season. No one could have predicted what he actually wound up doing. Uh, I thought he was going to be kind of a six-man sort of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he wound up starting you know most of the season it was just such a great player one of the most improved player in the NBA and just, it just was so devastating like him just going out and just working the Warriors in a couple of those games in the finals was like what in the world is happening right now <laughs> could, like sent someone a forward in time one year they would have been like well, is this a simulation like what is going on um, you know those cool videos kind of from him at the Drew League kind of leaked out around this time last year and I was yeah. like oh, okay this is cool he learned how to dribble this is gonna be helpful. But uh the fact that, you know, we lose Kawhi Leonard, obviously, and he's gone now. But you have a guy like siakam uh, who I think is gonna have some growing pains this year. I think that, you know, being a focal guy on offense is a lot a lot more difficult than being, you know, the second or even third banana, uh, to you know, the Lowry Leonard combo. I think mm-hmm. it's gonna be you know, people are gonna be keyed up on him. I think he's gonna be up for the challenge. I just think there might be some growing pains. Uh, but I think he belongs there. I think that um, he's obviously going to get a big contract, and it's probably going to be from Toronto. Uh, hopefully this season goes well and it merits it, but uh, I think that's where he goes for now. Uh, I can see he's one of those guys that like, you can see a ton of different outcomes for where he might wind up eventually. Yeah. But I think at this moment in time, he's in the right spot.
0: Yeah, I think there's a very real chance he at least passes Calderon for six at some point, and Chris Bosh... Crazy as it sounds, if he continues this trajectory three, four oh, yeah. years from now, like that's also not out of the question. Considering he's got the hardware from the most improved player, he uh, will likely have a couple All Stars at some point in this very sad Eastern Conference, and he like very well could put up like twenty three and nine or something crazy like that. Like I don't think that's yeah. out of the question, and maybe he won't be terribly efficient compared to what last year was, but I think that'd be unfair to ask him to do 63% true shooting. I think he continues to work on his game, and I think he will climb. And I guess the next guy for him to jump, theoretically, that'll be tough is Valanchunas just because of the games played there. But, you know, Siakam, I don't think there needs to be a Siakam hive because everyone's Siakam hive. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but he's the man. Yeah,
0: so that (laughs) might see him... Maybe pass Jonas faster than, than we think. Like maybe even one more excellent season where he's an all-star. Maybe that even gets him there uh, into that seventh spot. Let's get to, I mean, Jonas drops from six to seven because Kawhi gets five. Uh, obviously, he ends up going number two, Kawhi Leonard. Yep. What do you think of Kawhi at number two? I laid out a big case for it. I think there's a real chance that the Kawhi effect will go down as even more important than the Carter effect. I think the single season brilliance, no one has ever done that before at that level of efficiency, even if it was just 60 games. Obviously, the playoffs. You got the standout moments. He's got the hardware from the finals MVP and the all star game and the second team all defense, um, like the second team all NBA. And just, I mean, he's got the shot. He's got the dunk on Giannis. He's got so many moments from that playoff run. I just don't really think there's even a case for Carter or DeRozan to be ahead of him. I have Carter three, DeRozan four, keeping the order I had last year. Do you agree with Kawhi at two? Um, do you think he should have been higher, lower? Where where do you think? I uh, do you think I did okay with the Kawhi Leonard ranking?
1: What it do, baby? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he absolutely belongs at two. Don't you mean
0: better. what it what it two, baby? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no I think it's perfect I think uh, just everything you laid out like he has the most unassailable like one season resume with the team That I've fucked ever fucked up had. dude yeah,
0: it's he played for this yeah. team
1: yeah yeah and he you know was just so dominant uh, it's the most fun I've ever had watching anyone play basketball that includes Vince Carter because um, he just controlled the game with so much power hmm and uh, it was just wild to watch, and I, you know, I'm lucky that I experienced it, and I, that's how I feel. And it's one of those crazy things to hear all the talking heads in the states being like, "Well, if he leaves, the people of Toronto won't be mad." And in my head, I was like, "I'm gonna be a bit mad. I know he's probably gonna leave, but uh, I'm not mad. I'm not." Like, no. It's hard to be like, I'm just so grateful that it happened, and uh, it's so cool. And I think, given the fact that he did the, that, he did the damn thing. Like he came through. He washed away all the you know 25 years of bullshit Toronto little brother you know we can't get over the hump it's gone now it's just gone Mm -hmm. and it's because of him and you know he rode in and then he rode away like Clint Eastwood and he's gone into the sunset and you know he left us changed forever so I uh I appreciate that and I think two is, is perfect I think I still have DeRozan ahead of Carter. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, that. yeah. We did that last time, but I also like your number one uh, because we talked about that last time. Because last time I had DeRozan number one, mm. uh, um, and I think that it's very clearly Kyle Lowry at this point.
0: Yeah. Uh, just to finish off on the Kawhi thought, um, I, well, I had a thought and then I lost it. <laughs>
1: Kawhi's
0: good. Yeah, never mind. Kawhi's great. Uh, it's it's awesome that it happened and I'm grateful every second that it happened and wouldn't change a damn thing. I, I I just I think it's gonna age really well. I think it's gonna be sort of romantic to look back on this one year and yes they didn't get to put together a dynasty or anything, but it's gonna be really cool in ten years time to look back and think, Holy shit, Kawhi played on the Raptors and they won the damn title in one year and he didn't have to he didn't have to go that hard like he was hurt i was watching game 3 like i said of the conference finals he like rolled his ankle in like the third minute of that game in game 3 when they're down 2-0 it would have been really easy to just like not kill yourself and go all out the way he did and he did man like he played the double overtime game he was a monster yes he did wasn't super efficient all the time in those like super high leverage playoff games but who gives a shit because everything he offered, all of the attention he absorbed, led into everybody else having success. He very nearly had that crazy sequence at the end of Game 5 against the Warriors where it seemed like he was single-handedly going to rip the title and just, like, completely end the series because he wanted to. Like, yeah. he was that good. It, it was unbelievable. And I'm so thankful it happened. And I I really thought I was going to really wrestle harder with him, with putting him ahead of DeMar or Carter and, like, I, I have more favorable opinions of Carter than you do, fair, like, fair enough. But, like, I just didn't even think about it. it. It just felt so easy to put him ahead after I started going through the case. Like, he's just very clearly number two to me. I don't even think it's even close. Um, no, person,
1: he's number two. Like, it's perfect. It's yeah. all very <laughs> – it just it works very well.
0: Uh, and then, yeah, Kyle Lowry, number one. I had him number one last year. I didn't think it was particularly close last year. And yeah, that's fair. I yeah. it's it's not even remotely close now. I think the nicest thing – since writing it is I've had three or four people either in comments or just like tweeting at me saying that they like teared up reading my Kyle Lowry blurb at the end of it. Um, I I was like emotional writing it. It's something else to be able to see sort of the journey of an athlete, the way we've seen it with Kyle from being sort of a malcontent that no one really wanted, who was just going to be in for a stop, who became the co-star on a really fun and plucky and not really serious team To becoming sort of this like whipping boy even though he didn't really deserve it for his playoff shortcomings or perceived playoff shortcomings you know giant dick finger quotes around shortcomings um and for him to sort of approach this season upset after the demar trade and come in with a completely different sort of mindset and just like become steve nash of the 2000s early on just like Looking to set guys up and become a facilitator in a way he hadn't been for a very long time on the team, and then to have the 26 points in Game Six, the clincher, like scoring the first 11, just like dropping his nutsack on the game and saying, "Nah, this is mine." Like, it's just the perfect arc. I, I couldn't possibly even think of scripting something better than that for a sports, like for a team's fan base to go through with a single player. Like, it's so unique and. I mean, I know the Dirk storyline is very special with, with Mavs fans. This is like that level of individual player finding solace and finding the proper ending that he deserves. And it's beautiful, man. I, I just I can't believe how it all came together.
1: Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, not since, I guess, the bad flip by Batiste uh, have I been more satisfied than when Kyle came out and dropped those points at the beginning of that game. And he came out, and just everything was going in, and I was just like, fuck, yes. Like, this is the (laughs) best. Because I thought they were going to win anyway, but Mm -hmm. the fact that happened, and the way it happened, and it was just such a moment of, you know, I'm sure it was just cathartic for him to be like, just, you know, (laughs) giant middle fingers to everyone who ever doubted me, which is, you know, basically what he is, walking around, but it was just perfect. And it was such so great that you got to have that moment and, you know, that everyone in the whole world who's a basketball fan saw the Kyle Lowry that we've seen for, you know, seven years now. Mm-hmm. Um it was perfect. It was just perfect. And it he definitely belongs at number one. I even said that last year when I was having my emotional DeRozan moment <laughs> that I realized it was not <laughs> reasonable but he could be there and that Lowry would pass him if he had even a good season this year and obviously he had you know the the end the season, um, reinventing himself as you said, and just uh, coming through so time and time again in the playoffs. It was it was fantastic to watch, and he's the greatest Raptor ever, and I, I don't think it's close. Like mm-hmm. when we were talking about people moving, like earlier and people moving up, there's not really anyone who's close to him.
0: Nope, he's entrenched oh. for a very very long time until Giannis comes and wins back to backs. Like we'll, <laughs> we'll see, um, yeah. but even then, like that won't match the the story of Kyle Lowry with the Raptors. It's its something amazing, well, and I, everyone should cherish it and milk every single second you can out of this season because it might be his last year. I hope it's not. I kind of have an inkling it won't be, but if it is, holy shit. <laughs> I,
1: think a lot, I think a lot of that will depend on Fred Van Gleet. Yeah. And if yeah. he's, you know, I mean, whether he's good or whether he's bad and whether, you know, how Kyle plays and what kind of role he's willing to accept and whatever. But, yeah. Um, I hope I hope it's not as last year. I want them to stick around because I think they're still going to be pretty decent this year. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they approach a quote unquote, an air quoting, which is horrible for an audio <laughs> medium, uh, rebuilding yeah. because they're not really rebuilding, but they have to kind of retool.
0: So. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, that feels like a pretty good way to leave it. I uh, get word that your computer is about to die, so we will get you There's out no, of here. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? <laughs>
1: Who told you that? I tried to do that surreptitiously.
0: That's okay. I, I, have, I don't like. I don't hide it. I don't hide the, what goes on behind the curtain here. Dan emailed me saying his, his computer's going to die, so we got to wrap this thing up. Uh, we've gone long enough anyway. Uh, <laughs> this has probably been a two-parter, so thanks for listening to both parts. Very much appreciated. Uh, Dan, thank you for coming on, man. And uh, yeah. we'll look for your stuff. Hopefully at Raptors HQ this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, if Dan Reynolds, you're listening, which I know you're not, <laughs> uh, I'll be in touch.
0: At Slam and Danny G on Twitter. You can find me at Woodley Sean. Please subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. It's very much appreciated when you do that. And we'll be back again, I guess, on Thursday because I broke this one up into two parts with another episode of Locked On Raptors.